about three things, we were absolutely positive. First, this was a podcast about young adult fiction. Second, a part of us, and we didn't know how dominant that part was, loved these books. And third, we unconditionally and irrevocably hated them. Hello everyone, I'm Chloe. And I'm Fran, and this is Breaking Down the YA Saga, a podcast where two grown-ass women revisit their favourite young adult books with some new opinions and added sarcasm. In this episode, we'll be revisiting Twilight Chapter 5. Obvious spoiler warning, if you haven't read the series, why are you here? And we'd like to say a huge thank you to Fop Doodles for our amazing artwork. Hello, Fran. Hello, Chloe. <laughs> so today we can celebrate. I have my sparkly gin. It's I've brand got, new, mm, freshly opened. I've got tap water. <laughs> Fab. So cheers to the announcement of, I'll do it towards the camera. Midnight Sun, hey! <laughs> it's been 12 years that, well, I've waited, you said you never really looked into it. No, I just didn't want to read it because I yeah. was like, if I read this now, I'm only going to get the first bit and then I wanna we- I, <laughs> I'm going to want to read the rest of it. Uh, so I'll just wait because I'm sure by the end of the year, we'll have the book. I really feel like doing the whole, I did my waiting twice <laughs> for 12 years. Uh, so yeah, as usual, I have my glorious cat Crookshank sitting here who may just ruin the recording with his shouting or he may sleep through the whole thing. Who knows? Or he might just distract us both. Which will make for fun editing later. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we'll just start off today talking about how excited we are for for the Midnight Sun release. I think I... Fran is way more excited than I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was so sad that they never released a full thing up until now. And I think we 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 twi twi hearts, is that what, what people are called? <laughs> I think so. We we still we kept holding on. We kept holding out for hope. That maybe eventually one day that book will bless our bookshelf. And it finally will. So excited. No, because honestly, like my team, how old was I? 2008. I can't do maths. Let's ask my phone calculator. <laughs> 2008 minus 1996. 12. I was 12. Um, oh, I should also put my phone on silent maybe maybe um so i was 12 years old um full full midst of puberty and emotions <laughs> and i was so much in love with edward and i just was so desperate to read from his point of view and i remember because um back then i've got them here uh, they released the first 12 chapters on Stephanie Mayer's website after a while because she just put them out there officially and was like, yeah, whatever, people can read them. And I have them like bound into a little book. And you can still see at the beginning, um, because my English was horrendous when I was 12 years old. Um, I still, you know, all the words that I didn't know, I, um, 
I literally went over and with pencil, I don't know if you can see, and like wrote the German meaning of them on top of it. Um, and then after a few pages, I gave up and just never read it <laughs> and when I was 12. But then they did release, they, they released, I think the first six chapters or something in German. Um, it, it's, the title is horrendous. It's called, if you translate it, Edward at first glance. And I also have that bound. I've read that version. I have later in life, when I was able to read English, have read the English version of Midnight Sun. And you guys, I was so pissed that they didn't include the first kiss. What's <laughs> up with that? <laughs> I was like, I expected to have the kiss in there, <laughs> but it wasn't. And I was so disappointed. I was so mad. Because <laughs> 12 year old or 13 or 14 year old friend, whenever I finally got around to read the proper English version, understanding like, and did understand what the hell was going on in, in there. <laughs> And it wasn't, it was not until the kiss scene. I was like, this is all I cared about. <laughs> just wanted the kiss scene out of his point of view. <laughs> um, but thankfully now that's going to happen. And I also heard that we're going to get around 700 pages. Um, because I think Stephanie said that Edward is describing in a bit more, um, help me. He's just describing stuff a bit more detailed than Bella does. Bella is just... I'm depressed. Is it also because she is aware there is bits missing of the story? I think she's so too. Just going to fill them in. I think um, so. I think we're going to get a bit more background from what I've heard on various websites now, and we're going to get some more background on the Cullens and also Edward, and then you know stuff that goes on during nighttime, like during his hunting seasons, and like yeah. you know whatever. But I'm I'm going to be really intrigued about how it has changed to the draft version um i love that you have both copies though as in so you'll have the actual copy and then the old copy so when we finally get around to reading it it's something that you can also check up on whilst we're doing i suppose yeah if you, unless you remember stuff really well i'm i'm wondering if she's going to take them down because up till now the first 12 chapters are still up on her website wondering if she's going to leave them there or take them down if it's different i imagine she'll take it down maybe um we also had this is the year of ya fiction revivals yes. we've also had the news of a new hunger games book which i am excited for i'm still deciding because i will with midnight sun i will continue waiting until we read it for this podcast yeah because i haven't read it at all so it'll be interesting to come like, straight from it hunger games i'm not sure if i'll wait <laughs> i won't i can tell you right now i won't <laughs> so hunger games is my favorite fandom, my favorite stories ever. I don't know. My favorite YA book series ever. So I won't. And I love um, villain origin stories. So I'm really excited because for, um, if people don't know, it's about President Snow in his younger years. I think when he's around 18 and he kind of weasels up his way on top of everyone else. Um, and he also is a mentor for another girl from District 12 in the, I think it was the 10th Hunger Games. Right? Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to learn, you know, why he's going to turn out the way he's going to turn out. Yeah. I love the origin stories. Really excited. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if there was another Harry Potter book this year. That would be awesome. I don't know if people are aware, I mean... 
I'm really excited for another book as well. It's a lot more famous in Germany. It's a fourth book to a series that's called Inkart by German, the German way pronounced, it's Cornelia Funke. I know that a few of her books are also quite famous in, in other countries. Um, I think she did like Dragon Rider series and Lord of the Thieves is one mm -hmm. of her other books that takes place in Venice. Um, and yeah, Inkheart series, which is um, how I fell in love with um, Brenton Fraser because he played my favourite character. <laughs> and they're bringing out a fourth book with all the characters, which is going to be really exciting. So if anyone has ever heard of those books, if you haven't, you should read them because they're amazing. And it's about the magic of reading. Which we love. Yay. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited for that. So it's yeah, it's a year of YA revivals. I'm waiting for more. I'm just like, there's going to yeah. be any something else. Just like a random. I'm trying to think of any other books or like the Fallen series. There's going to be a new Fallen book. <laughs> I would love that. Fallen series are trash, but oh, they're so great trash. trash. They're great. That's trash. That's a really bad film. I know that. I haven't watched it yet. I, I love that it. film. You have to watch it. It's bad. I mean, ne next time we actually get to be like in the same room, we'll watch it together. Yeah, no, it's amazing. You should watch it. It's just the cringiest thing. If you want another weirdly cringy film, have you seen After? The no. film that's based on a book based on a fan fiction of Harry Styles. No, I've heard about it though. I haven't watched it's it. It's a Netflix. It's very it. terrible. It's, it also gets a sequel. So, um, oh, wow. there you go. <laughs> yeah. We've got a lot to watch together. <laughs> I've fallen. I love it so much. God, I'm just so excited. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. You can't just have two like big announcements for two quite big series of new books coming and then the rest of them not bother to do anymore. To be honest, I do kind of believe that on some, like some books, or some stories coming out right now have to do with the corona pandemic and people really wanting to cheer other people up. So, yeah. you know, at least something positive is coming out of all of this. Yeah. Also, if there is another Harry Potter book, um, I will try and find it secondhand so I don't give JK any money because I hate her. Uh, love the world, don't like the author. Um, I really hope it's set backwards. I don't want any books about Harry in the future. I want books about the Marauders. Where are these books? <laughs> it is all I've wanted for years. We, I think the whole Harry Potter fandom has asked for those books. They're like, yeah, we want some prequels. And then she wrote prequels. But like, yeah, but not that pre. <laughs> I love the fact that she was like, I'm going to release a new book. And I was like, great. And it's just like Fantastic Beasts with a couple of extra pages in it. And that's what keeps happening. And it's like, great. I should just tweet a few things. Like, did you know this stupid thing about Hogwarts? Stop it. <laughs> so yeah, Midnight Sun in August. I will probably pre-order a scene, actually. Uh, yes. 4th of August. Be at your bookstore. Or, or don't, in case yeah, Corona is still going on. Yeah. <laughs> then order it. I don't know how in demand this book is going to be, but the fact that the website crashed out instantly. I was on the website waiting, yeah. and as it got to zero, I was like, here we go. And the screen like started to turn white as obviously something was supposed to happen, and then it just said there was a server error, and then I couldn't get on the website for like a good three hours. Um, but I think the news got released 
somewhere Twitter. 20 minutes later yeah so it was all over twitter on like the different news channels like good morning america and telegraph or that's where yeah. i got them from in the end um and it was like trending top one on twitter as well so i think it's going to be high demand there's i noticed there was people on my facebook talking about it i didn't even know like twilight suddenly everyone came back out like i love twilight I was like, I didn't know. Like, I've known you for years. How did I not know you liked Twilight? <laughs> Fandom is rising. And now we don't care anymore because remember, like, in middle school, everyone, like, Twilight was so uncool and you, it was so weird when you read Twilight and now no one cares anymore and everyone comes forward. And I'm like, oh my God, I love Twilight. Like, I, I, I posted about it on Instagram as well and I had so many people commenting about, like, oh my God, I can't wait to pre-order. Like, I know. <laughs> I think it does like we talked about it in our first episode about the the stigma attached to liking twilight that really didn't help it grow i'm still annoyed by the fact that when the director changed they didn't keep the same style for the films it ruined it yeah also just a lot of things ruined it i said the book because reading it back i've realized why uh, i didn't read them again no this isn't why i didn't read them again but it's a good reason not to uh as usual i've got my i've got my book with me and my notebook uh i've realized that it was all well and good starting a notebook but i'm gonna have to have a new notebook for every book that we read yeah so yeah there'll be a lot of page turning i'm just doing it on pages on like a thingy thing (coughs) on paper Fran's writing on paper, everybody, just so that you know. <laughs> okay, so in chapter five, Edward waves over Bella to have lunch with him uh, in school. And all her friends are very jealous. And they stare at her and are very mad. And then Edward, like, they, they do have a nice, well, nice. <laughs> they have a conversation. <laughs> They have a conversation and then Edward skips class for a reason we already kind of know when, when you've read the book before. Um, they're doing blood, blood type testing in class, which I have a whole question to that later. Um, Bella feels nauseous because she can't see blood or smell blood without fainting. Um, Mike is supposed to bring her to the nurse, but she kind of collapses and then Edward shows up. And is very worried and then brings her to the nurse and Mike is very jealous. Uh, and then afterwards, as soon as she recovered, Edward drives her home. And they have, it's the first time I feel like they have a bit of a longer chat in this chapter. Yeah. It's an interesting chapter. I cringed a lot. <laughs> yeah. So if we start off uh, with the plot of the chapter, I'm not sure I have many notes on it, but my first plot note is the uh, mentioning of the beach trip for the 100,000th time <laughs> within five chapters. I've never known something to be mentioned so many times, and I'm aware why now that I've read the books and know the story, but I don't honestly remember what I thought about it the first time, but I must have surely been like, okay, what's so good about this beach? Because it's not nice weather there. It's not like you're going to go sunbathe. Some plot points that I have are Edward starts hinting about his mind-reading abilities, Mm-hmm. he hints at them really weirdly <laughs> I don't know like every time he brings up it just it's just the whole conversation they have I mean we'll get to that but the whole conversation they have in the cafeteria I just found so bizarre I was like the cry laughing 
through the whole thing because it was just so cringy. <laughs> then also a plot thing that I really want to talk about. Wait, no, I'll do my other one first. Um, the other plot thing, plot point that I have is we learn a bit about the Cullens. Um, yeah. because towards the end when, when Bella and Edward sit in the car and chat, then you kind of, I mean, I guess that could be a bit more relationship because you, you kind of see, you kind of see how Edward really does care about his family, um, and that they mean a lot to him, even if he's just, you know, hinting at things. Yeah. Um, but the big plot thing that I really want to talk about is, was that with the blood type testing in class? Is that a thing? They'd never well, do that here in school. But then also in America, they cut up frogs. I mean, we did dissection at my school. Ew. We didn't dissect frogs. We dissected like hearts and other stuff. Disgusting. But um, I think it was just because he did say that they were doing a blood drive at the place. Yeah, but still, he did also say, you know, kind of like, oh, people that are not 18 yet, they need like a writing from their the parents permission, or slip, permission yeah. slips yeah but i guess he means for the blood drive but yeah not for the class but it did sound like it was for the class which confused me but then more. also i think like you should have one for the class yeah. do you be like do you know what you know me as a teacher i want to like i as a teacher i want to do this thing in class where i need people to prick their like children to prick their fingers are you okay with that because in a way it's like i know it's people doing it themselves but it's still like harming yourself in a way yeah not to sound overly dramatic but it is i know like a lot of the parents of um friends that i went to school with they would have been like hell no <laughs> is yeah, that a thing <laughs> i find I'm very, so bizarre I'm very confused by it um is that was that your last of your plot points yeah because that would lead on to my plot hole so okay. nicely amazing let's let's hear it um, then I think we have uh, two different plot holes, which is even more exciting. That is. Okay, so my plot hole was on the basis of Bella and this blood fainting. Where the heck was that two chapters ago when her friend was like bleeding out in the car? And she's like, I can smell blood. Um, she says in the chapter, she can smell it. It makes her feel faint. Tyler was in the car, like heavily cut and bleeding. Like there was a whole point made of it. She wasn't faint at all she was fine like she was she was embarrassed she was so embarrassed by wearing a neck brace did that make her forget that she couldn't deal with blood it also brings up the fact of like later on will be very interesting in life for bella like i don't remember and i i suppose you could argue that being pregnant causes you to do weird things but i don't remember there being such a, a reaction to the blood coming in the room or anything for her to drink when she was pregnant with renesme i think it's so probably because renesme was like yes so yeah, so I'm not I'm not gonna like a hundred percent count that in because being pregnant, people will be like, oh, I'm like, people will suddenly turn from being vegetarian. They can be vegetarian for like their whole lives, and suddenly they'll want to eat a steak, and they don't even question it. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that into too much a thing. I just it's just the fact that just two chapters ago she was fine with blood, and she cuts herself again later. I just feel like this is the only time. She has a real issue with blood from anything I can remember, and I'm going to look out for it. Yeah. Because just two chapters, I think it was two chapters ago, she was bleeding out everywhere. Not she wasn't. Tyler was bleeding out everywhere, and she did not react to it. And it's just that is quite clearly a point to get her out of the room. I feel like the blood drive was there so that Edward wouldn't go to class. 
Bella would have such a reaction to blood that she'd have to leave and then she would spend time with Edward and they'd have a whole conversation about blood and stuff. So romantic. I know, right? I have so much to say about all that stuff. But that was my plot hole. Was It's within a couple of chapters this new thing has appeared that I will watch out for for the rest of the books. Your plot hole is a lot better than mine is. (laughs) Mine's literally just... They didn't get Bella's things after the after they went to the nurse. But I'm like, I'm sure you have stuff and clothes. I'm sure you didn't just bring it all. Like, <laughs> I mean, Mike does carry her books everywhere for her, so maybe he just held Bella and her stuff. Because I, I thought, oh, you know, because later, because obviously uh, Edward drives her home, and he's like, oh, Ella's gonna bring your truck. I'm like, but what? What's with her stuff? Also, is she gonna take her stuff too? saying that I have a little point and I didn't know where to put it so I just put it as a star but that can go with that was the fact that he said don't worry Alice is going to drive your truck home at no point does Bella give him keys for the car exactly <laughs> so Alice breaks into the truck hot wires it takes it back home for her that's the only way that worked and also maybe brings home her like rucksack as well who knows confusion oh, I mean maybe I... she's just not that, that hung up on her school stuff but I always I had so much shit in my my rucksack from my school years where I, the first thing if he would have been like I'll take you home I would be like yeah but my stuff I always had a book in my bag as well he's been too. devastated yeah I've lost a book or two maybe three books who knows um so should we move on to character development let's move on to character development I don't have that much stuff on it okay I think I have a few points. My first point is that Bella has become the most dramatic human of all the humans. Very suddenly. Like, she was, she's gone, we see the, let me try and word that again. You see in each chapter, Bella is like a certain type of teenager. So you've had moody teenager, embarrassed teenager, and now we've got dramatic teenager. (laughs) Um, So I don't know if it's to show that she has you know, more than one emotion, but they do just seem to come in like bulk <laughs> other yeah. than being like a just like a normal how normal humans have emotions. It's a bulk for 20 pages. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, this chapter I will be embarrassed. <laughs> so today's chapter is foreign sponsored by embarrassment. <laughs> Honestly. Um Edward is now really creepy. Uh, yeah. and I put a thing, I'm just gonna double check what I meant. I know what I mean, but I just, I think it was just in regards to the conversation that they had, which was a very strange conversation. It was Uh, the worst conversation in all the conversations. It was also the weird way, like, he, like, points at her and, like, wiggles his little finger and winks at her. That was weird. Um, Made me feel quite uncomfortable. Didn't like it. Uh, Really, really creepy. Nice work, Edward. So, yeah, Bella standing up to Edward it's a very brief moment where she actually decides to say something against him yeah i'm quite proud of her because the whole time she's been like oh my god even during most of the points when she should probably stand up to him she doesn't say anything but she does have one moment where uh she's like actually you know what edward and i love her for it and it's it's showing some change in her and i don't think i don't think you get to see that enough from bella with Edward you see her do it with other people like she will stand up to Jacob she punches him in the face like (laughs) but uh, Edward is normally 
she's normally just too like in love with him to do anything and just being yeah. obsessed. So it's it's a nice it's nice to see her have that moment. Um, I also loved when he's just like, "What if I'm the bad guy?" And I find that Edward is just being edgy for the sake of being edgy for most of this chapter. Like before, he was like you could say he's being mysterious but he wasn't really talking much and now that he talks more he's just trying to be the most emo character in the world it just keeps reminding me of jd from heathers i'm just like <sighs> the only difference is jd's wearing a trench coat and edward isn't he's like a school production version of jd from heathers you know like a mid like i guess like middle school is that i don't know what age that is but that seems about right like yeah. primary school like a primary school production of twilight and they're like it's of Heather's they were just like oh we've got to tone him down a little bit so instead he's just like oh, what if I'm the bad guy I'm just gonna be a bit moody like oh what if uh she says about the he's like oh maybe I'll give them back to your friends and he's like will I though like ah. so weird like the whole conversation I just have a note that just says call the police yeah <laughs> same it was a weird conversation um, my my big character development point in relation to that conversation was Bennett's just ignoring all the red flags because <laughs> there are the whole conversation is just red flags honestly I don't understand why it was written like this at least I can understand if it, it should have been one of those things where he says something like when he's like oh maybe I'll give you back to your friends that she could be like sorry what and then get distracted by him being really attractive again that like, I could I could kind of forgive it. She's just, there's just not uh, too much of a mention about his creepiness and she's just going with it. I can understand her going between being like creeped out and then being like in love with him, but just not, not mentioning anything or taking any of it in just seems. So uh, relationships yes. in this chapter. So I've got my first thing. I don't have too much on it. Everything sort of blends in this chapter. So my main relationship point that kind of stays away from the weird conversation that we have to discuss in a big group <laughs> is how things have changed between Bella and Mike. Yeah. Bella is very aware of Mike all the time as her like amazing admirer that she's completely like not into but loves him being into her. It takes her the whole lesson to realise he's not there, like sitting next to her. It's one of my favourite things too. It's like it took you a whole lesson. That says a lot. Honestly, just... But then in the end, she only felt a little bit guilty because Mike and Eric were still waiting for her after class. So it's all good. Uh, my only other point that is definitely like a separate relationship point is how Edward, uh, he's like kind of begging for, uh, but not really begging. Like he's like pleading a little bit playfully for her um he he's like asking her to answer his question he just wants to know like one of her theories on who he is and he starts like pulling like, like pulling a puppy dog eyes moment yeah but it honestly sounds like he's just gone full-on like flynn rider smolder <laughs> yeah. and i would feel so much happier about the whole situation if bella just had the same thing as Rapunzel did where she was just like okay. punch him with a frying pan yeah she just looks at him and she's just like um okay am I supposed to is that something gonna happen or instead and, and this is I feel 
probably will get the answer in Midnight Sun is I'm guessing the way he's doing things because she does have quite a strong reaction to the way he looks at her like she has a moment where her mind goes blank and she also can't like resist the smolder mm-hmm. and it probably is going to come down to the fact that he's so attractive she can't deal with it but I'd like to think it's going back to the old like vampire law of how they can use like hypnotism and um, glamour people and stuff yeah like I don't know if it's like a slight nod to that or if it's just he's really really attractive but I really would like it to be the he's using a power and I know he can't he can't use powers on her because she's got her like shield kind of thing like that's why he can't read her mind I guess right I, I yeah I don't know but that might not stop him oh my god but that might not stop him from being able to use like the techniques of luring prey in I do feel like he definitely uses them especially I mean we see later which I also want to talk about um when he excuses her from school and also tells the nurse that he's going to stay with her and everything that he kind of uses a bit of that um to get the people to do what he wants but yeah I don't know I would like to know if it is something that is carried over because it's not mentioned that he has the any other ability apart from mind reading and like Emmett comes down to like Emmett is very 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 strong and uh Jasper has the emotional thing I but I don't know if that's just a film thing or if that's also a book thing because Jasper can manipulate her emotions at least he could in the films when um she oh no I wasn't saying that he couldn't do them to her I meant no but that's that's like a whole plot hole itself because why can some people like some vampires apply their gift to her but others can't right that doesn't make sense I think we need to like get to those parts of the book to be a hundred percent sure that we're calling out that as a plot hole because I definitely don't want to say it and then realize when we read the books that it's not in there but yeah no I don't know if they have additional vampire power like grammaring and hypnotizing and you said grammaring it's like what they're just really gonna <laughs> belly <laughs> yeah so just having like a glamour that they can do it make a lot of sense yeah and maybe if uh, those things had been highlighted a little bit more in the books people wouldn't have focused on the fact they were just sparkly vampires because I think they have more to them than sparkle. <laughs> I think as they have, the vampires actually have more to them. It's just not on the page. Yeah. I think it's something that's sort of hinted at. And I don't know whether it's because maybe she thought people would find that very interesting or it would take away from the story too much. But I, I love when a book sets out its lore properly and it's all there for you to see. Like it's, it's the first book. There's no harm in the first book being a little bit more descriptive of how things work in it um it's like even if you take like the marvel films if you go to the like an origin story so like captain america's first film yeah it takes a while for things to actually happen in it but no one is like um sorry can you just skip to the end please where something happens like you get to know the story yeah i don't know why i use that it's probably so many ya books i could have used but uh, avengers popped to mind <laughs> So that's all my relationships that don't come back to this big 
I think we'll just have our own section this week for talking about a big chunk of the book. Yeah. That's what we'll do this week, guys. We're going to get through everything else and then we're going to come back and talk about this horrific conversation. (laughs) Um, I have another little um, relationship thing that was just, it was just really short, but just like this quick little, little thing um, that Jessica is insultingly astonished that Edward waved Bella over. I don't know. It's just, he, Bella just keeps jabbing at Jessica for no reason. It's like, oh, she's just short, yeah. she's got weird hair. And now she's insulted. And also, like, she's been a weird to me because of Mike. I'm like, just got over yourself, Bella. Like, honestly. Right. My criticisms of things that aren't the creepy conversation. <laughs> oh, do you have, an, do you have, do you have editorials? Uh, I do, but... I thought our critiques went first. I don't know. No, they don't. No, they don't. I don't think they do. Editorials are first. Okay. I have, uh, this week I have just, uh, I put that as an editorial. It's definitely not. Yeah, it is. Uh, My only editorial was um, also just something that I found amusing. But she's trying to work out, like, why he is the way he is. And she mentions Peter Parker, which makes sense. I was confused by the Batman reference. But now it's hilarious because Robert Pattinson is playing Batman. But I still don't understand why she was like, I can't mark out if it's like Bruce Wayne, Peter Parker. I get it in one sense that she could possibly think Bruce Wayne because, you know, he has a Volvo. (laughs) And he's rich. I get that he's rich and he has. So she's like, oh, maybe that's why. But Bruce doesn't have superpowers. He just has money and a lot of like combat training. And his money gives him the protection, but obviously he gets like hurt, and he's not—he's not what I would then think of if I was trying to compare Edward to someone within like comic books. Definitely wouldn't have picked Bruce Wayne. Definitely can see the Peter Parker side of things. I'm confused by that. Just change out Bruce Wayne just for anyone else that Clark Kent, like you know, just just do a swap out it didn't make sense for it to be bruce wayne but i love that it is just because it ties in real nicely with robert pattinson <laughs> and my other editorial was about alice not having the keys but we've already discussed that yes. no my other editorial thing is it's just the whole you know like people can't smell blood line like people can smell blood huh i don't huh <laughs> can stephanie not smell blood what is this about like i can smell blood my mum can smell blood. Pretty sure you can smell blood. I guess, like, some people can smell it a lot stronger, I guess, than others. Because, like, everything has a smell, basically. Yeah. Except for, like, just, I don't think water, unless it has anything in the water. Like, it's old water. Old water has a smell. Yeah. But, like, fresh water. But even that still smells, like, <laughs> fresh. Do you know what I mean? Like, everything has a type yeah. of smell. Even water. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's just setting up for later. Like a lot yeah. of the stuff that happens in the books, I think, is to set it up for her becoming a vampire. But it's still dumb. Yeah. That's my point. <laughs> like, have people ever gone into a butcher's? That's that's what you smell when you're going into a butcher's. It's the blood yeah. and the, the meat in the butcher's. That's why it's like meat sounds different, like when you open it up in a package and you see like the like it, it used you, you can smell blood in it. Cooked meat and raw meat smell different, guys. 
Well, now we know that Edward doesn't know shit. <laughs> and then my last editorial is the whole thing when when Edward drives Bella home, he excuses her from school, and then the receptionist asks him if he needs to be excused because she's going to drive her home. And she says he won't need to be excused because the teacher won't mind. Like, yes, they will. Even if you're a straight A student, like, they have a legal obligation to look after you till you're certain age. And Edward is registered as like a 17 year old. So you can't just be like, yeah, bye. I'm wondering if it is, if it ties back to the fact that he can like glamour people and he's just going to go and make that okay. Like later on, like when he, cause he's going to go back to the school and he's going to go make that. So it was okay. But I know something needs to be added there to that to sound because it just as a even Bella should have questioned that even if he's like oh I don't really go to that class like ever I've dropped out of it or just something just something added on like just tack a little sentence onto the end of that and it's fine uh so moving on to criticism yes um my first is that Bella is still just hating on herself it's kind of getting a bit boring now and I, I know it is something teenagers do but she does it a lot. I know teenagers do it a lot too. It's just, does it need to be there? I hate that it's always there. I wish Bella had more respect for herself. Yeah. When she is like on the ground, she says that like he lifts her up quite easily. As if she weighed 10 pounds, not 110 pounds. Like 110 pounds is heavy. Bella, please don't do this. It's like, that's not heavy. She weighs like what? I think I did a it's like about 50 kilos to so somewhere between like seven and a half to eight stone. Yeah. Which isn't uh it's not particularly heavy. Like I am heavier than that, and Ben can just lift me up like quite easily. It doesn't really relate to anything apart from just a bit of fat shaming, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't I just didn't like the way it was in there. 110 is not heavy it's not it's, it's really not that, that is so bad that she's made a point that that is a heavy weight and that is so bad if you were reading that as a teenager and wait and I'm pretty sure I probably did I mean especially if I was at college I ate so much food at college so at cookery school what else do you do apart from mm. like try loads of food all the time like that could have some serious effects on people and like before you even take into account anyone who has like an eating disorder just a, a teenager who, or a young person with an impressionable mind will hear 110 as being heavy, go and weigh themselves and then be like, oh, I'm overweight. Like, Edward wouldn't be able to pick me up. I know that sounds stupid, but that's how teenage brain works. It is, though, yeah. What I find interesting about that is Stephanie Mayer wasn't, or I don't know how what she looks like now. I'm also, this is not supposed to be judging on anyone's weight, but... She was also not, during the time of Twilight books, she was not a slim person. So I, I feel like, because, you know, I've been for eating disorders um, and, you know, struggles with my body and everything as probably, you know, everyone goes through it. So to me, I always think like, I'm pretty sure she must have been through it too in some way or another. Well, I feel like if, I, if I'd write a book like that, I wouldn't put a sentence like that in. Just yeah. because I know this would be so damaging to my mind, and it's probably also damaging to others' minds. So I, I just find it interesting because, um, yeah, Stephanie was also a bit 
bigger at that time. And there's no problem with that. There's no harm in that. But I just find it interesting that she has a sentence like that in her book. It could have just been as simple as he lifted me like it was nothing. That still explains, like, that still puts yeah. across the same sentence. That is the same sentence without the weight added. Yeah. There's no need to put a number to how much he weighs and how that is a heavy weight at all. It's just, it carries on feeding into what, like, society tells women all the time is we have to be really slim. Society, media, and it feeds in and it happens from when you're really young all the time if even if you think about some like cartoons when you're a kid and you're watching them and i'll just show this woman and like when the eyes like pop out and like the cartoon character's eyes pop out it's still a woman that is very tiny got tiny waist huge boobs huge bum like blonde hair normally or like at least long hair and a very like typical like media standard of beauty and it's just so frustrating when you read the same thing sort of being portrayed in a way fiction especially where someone is being pointed out to not look like everyone else the whole point is Bella doesn't look like she doesn't anyone and she doesn't fit in yeah she talks about the fact that she's a freak because you know she's pale but to make such a point about not like fitting in and trying not to put an emphasis on things too much because she hasn't like described Bella overly too much to then make such a huge deal about her weight and how that makes how it relates like Edward and things it yeah. just yeah, it, it's it's not great. No, and I think it, it's such a good point you made with the that there are teenagers because I know you know when the films came out, everything everyone was just obsessed with looking like Kristen Stewart, and yeah, mm-hmm. and everyone kind of looked for like references. Okay, how how did her hair look? What was her hair color like? And yeah, if you take a sentence like that, you're like, oh, now I know how much Bella weighs, and then you go away yourself, and you're like, oh no, it's too much now. I need to, you know, starve myself. And I, my eating disorder started when I was twelve. Or like 13 yeah. um and it's yeah it's like the little things that you then more realize later on in life where you're like yeah obviously it led to that because you're bombarded with with this information and like this what you should look like and i'm not just saying that's just for girls it's also for guys but yeah yeah it's just it's i feel like it's annoying because it's little throwaway sentences in books and also yeah. magazines where maybe the author didn't even think that that could be harmful, but it is. Yeah, there's there's a lot. I I really hate how everyone is supposed to fit. Like men are supposed to fit into a certain box, and women are supposed to fit into a certain box, and that's not that everyone is so different. You cannot put a standard on beauty. It's really bad. Just I hate I hate these boxes. Everyone's supposed to try and fit in. And it took me a long time to be able to to, to like take a step back and look at that and realize that it was very damaging, and that you don't have to look like that at all. They, I can I could not shave my legs. I can be a certain like whatever weight I want. I don't have to have my. I could cut like I could literally shave all my hair off. And who's to tell me that I'm not beautiful then? You know, everybody's beautiful, unless you're awful. I also hate the fact. Uh, that Edward picks Bella up and she says twice she wants to be put down and he just ignores her. Yeah. Good job, Edward. Um, I have a huge point, apart from moving on from like just picking her up and her not wanting to be picked up, is later on after they've left the nurse's office, he literally grabs her by her coat when she goes to walk to her truck and drags her to his car. She genuinely walks sideways 
because he's pulling her along to his car and he doesn't let go of her coat till he's at her car. What the hell? And why is she still there after that? And then she even thinks about the fact to herself, like, I could, like, can I outrun him to get to my car? And he says to her, like, you, I could catch up with you. I know he can't hear her say that, but it's probably very evident. She's probably looking at him and, like, at her car. And she still is fine with it. I would be so freaked out. Like, this is where it comes that teenagers would have phones. You would definitely be texting one of your friends right now going, help. Sending them my location. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Edward has just like forced me into his car and I don't have my stuff. Oh, that's probably why she doesn't have her stuff. She left it. She hadn't left her stuff in her classroom. She could have texted Jessica to say, Help me. Oh but Mike, no. he would have come running. He'd yeah, he would have genuinely run to her house all the way from school. It would have been like too late because the car would have been there for about like, twenty minutes after that, but he would have given it a good try. Yeah, it's like put out as this like really playful, like Bit, bit flirty it's not yeah. it's horrible it's it's even if i had to reread it again because i thought there is no way that he's still just holding her coat and pulling her along until i i read that it again and and it took it in that she was walking sideways like she was so he was just pulling her just what how how was that okay? Why is everyone just like, oh my god, Edward's the best? Just forced her into his car. Didn't and then, give her a choice. continuing on from that, continuing Edward to be a right creep, the whole conversation, you know, when they're in the car and Edward asks us, like, how old are you? And she's, and she says 17, and he's like, you don't seem 17. This is literally what a creepy, older, per- creepy older person says to a minor to justify a relationship it's like how old are you i'm 12 oh you don't seem 12 like yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) that makes it okay (laughs) bella isn't even an old 17 like she's very immature at times and she's very young there is nothing really about her that i would say yeah no definitely she is an old 17 she's not and I think it's it's supposed to be in the book another of like a segue where like, oh, you know, there are old souls out there who are actually more mature for their age than others do. Um, and I think it's supposed to just be another thing of, you know, maybe Edward just being around so many immature people and just finding it really interesting because Bella's different. Yeah. But it just comes over so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> like when I read that sentence, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I... I hate this chapter. Um, I have, I have two more points that aren't related back to that main conversation in the cafeteria. Yes. So um, they're both about Bella being very judgmental. The first being her judgment on um, her mum's relationship with Phil and the age gap, which she doesn't actually say what the age gap is, but she does make quite a big deal about it. And she's like, oh, you know, she's my mum and she's an adult, so she can do what she wants, I guess. And like I'll support her and she says about the fact that dating a younger person makes her mum feel younger I just think it's all awful she's being really horrible about her mum mm. like if her mum is dating someone unless her mum was dating a child like if her mum was dating a minor I could be like definitely have judgment on that but as two consenting adults I don't see the problem yeah like they're both really happy together it sounds like a healthy relationship so what's the problem, Bella? And I feel like it's trying to make a point so that later on when she is 
one year older than Edward, like in a, not really because he's like, you know, he's not actually seventeen, but he looks. Yeah, 17. so she is eighteen, and it's like trying to, I guess, relate back to that later. But it's just really judgy and horrible about her own mum. And and literally a few sentences before she's like, Oh, I love my mum so much and she's my no, best she's friend. my best friend. Yeah, exactly. Which also, no. It's I think you you can have a great relationship with your mum, but you shouldn't be like a best friend level. That's yeah. not healthy. <laughs> like I can say my mum is like is like a best friend. Yeah. And I'll use the word like. Yeah. Because she's still my mum. Yeah. And I exactly. love her and I have a really good relationship with her. But to describe that to someone, I would say like a best friend. In a not actually my best friend. Yeah, exactly. Because that's not how a relationship, like a parent-child relationship, should be. Like you yeah, like you said, like is absolutely fine because it's amazing if you have a great relationship with your parents, but they shouldn't be your best friend because there is still a parent-child relationship there. Yeah. My last note before the creepiness we we start on is the fact that um, Edward says something about what if you brought home someone scary? And Bella's immediate thing of scary is someone with tattoos and piercings, and I take great personal offence to that. <laughs> You're very scary. I'm terrifying. You're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there with your Winnie Pooh, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh top. <laughs> My Winnie the Pooh top that says, some people care too much. I think it's called love. <laughs> it's terrifying. So scary. It, <laughs> it really bothers me. And I just, I didn't obviously notice that when I was reading it the first time. Um, I mean, when I read it the first time, I didn't have any tattoos and only had just like normal like lobe piercings mm. so maybe that's why I didn't really take too much of an offense to it but now I'm just like all tattooed and pierced and like oh thanks Bella <laughs> thanks for that stereotype <laughs> that we're terrifying people I know so many people that have like full body tattoos and like loads of piercings and they're the nicest people there's a guy that lives very near us that is so so nice but Bella would run away from him I think well, it's probably kind of, you know, the stereotype of, you know, like heavy metal rocker, like heavy metal or rockers or stuff like that. That wear like so leather nice. jackets. Exactly. I was about to say they're usually like the nicest people. I hate it. I hated it. I just saw that sentence and immediately got so annoyed. And I was like, there could have been a better way. Like someone scary, but like, oh, someone that has a gun. <laughs> it's America though, isn't it? So everyone has a it's gun. Like, I don't know, like, it's probably less scary than people with tattoos. Be like someone that's someone that's been to prison for murder. I can't understand if she said that. That is quite scary. Tattoos and piercings. Bella. Oh, before we start the creepy conversation, I'd just like to add something. I've had such memories, just such memories. That's how I'm going to say that sentence. About uh, the crinkly paper on the bed in the medical room at her school. It just brought back all the memories of being in a medical room at school. And why do medical rooms smell so weird? Like, all school medical rooms have a smell. Yeah. They don't smell like doctor surgeries and they don't smell like hospitals. They smell like a school medical room. It doesn't <laughs> matter what school you're in. They have the same smell. What's that about? I don't know. I remember feeling like, oh, like, having, like, a migraine and having to sit on that little thing. I, 
I remember when I hurt my ankle quite badly and I had to go sit in the little medical room and it's just that horrible crinkly paper and just the smell and just thinking about probably smell maybe it smells bad because so many kids have been in there like throwing up all day <laughs> so on to this weird horrible conversation that definitely someone should have called the police for the moment it was creepy was from the very beginning it's not even <laughs> like it had to get creepy it was the the point and the the come over here with his finger and the little wink and uh i just hated it from that point onwards yeah it was awful it uh, when he was saying what's back uh i decided as long as i was going to hell i might as well do it thoroughly the hell is he talking about i literally wrote after that sentence what the fuck (laughs) i am so confused i think this is a trait of a religious writer right now coming in because i don't feel like there's any do vampires go to hell they're immortal yeah they don't really die and when they do die but, but Edward, Edward is quite religious, isn't he? Like, as a person. Of course he is, because the writer is. <laughs> so maybe he believes in hell and purgatory. He, he talks about purgatory on the first page of Midnight Sun, because I, literally in the second sentence, because I underlined it, because I didn't know what purgatory means when I read it. But purgatory and hell aren't the same thing. That's so. true. Which one are you going to, Edward? Um, but it's just really confusing, and when Bella's confused... It's not really a surprise. And I hate the fact that um, he is like talking about this stuff and just keeps making references clearly about the fact that he's a vampire, but she doesn't know. And then it's okay, basically says that she's stupid. And if she stays stupid, they can be friends still. And that is awful. I hate him. And it's so rude. Like, genuinely, she said that if she's not smart, they can be friends. And he's like, yeah, basically. What? You know what just the whole conversation what? i find it a lot of that i mean it's still not a great conversation but a lot of the f- things that he says make sense in the um when you take into account that he's a vampire and she's going to find out later uh, so when you're like okay stuff that he says it kind of makes sense when you have that in the back of your head but i just through that whole conversation i just kept imagining you know just having that conversation with a literal completely normal human being like if that would have happened to you if just a a completely normal guy at school that's just really normal and because it's not supernatural or anything and just imagine having that conversation but that's the thing i don't understand and she didn't she didn't even take huge like she got a bit like she gets a bit riled up in him she doesn't take like a huge she doesn't make a huge deal out of any of it. Like, she has one bit where she goes off on him. That's about it. Yeah, mostly she's just like, oh, I, I don't know what you're saying. The line that made me gag, though, was that I might not give you back, though, when he said that Bella's friends yeah, are that, staring that's at what her. I was looking for. That was literally the line where I went a bit like, Bleh. I hate Ew, it. why? <laughs> Ew, <laughs> just no. I have, like, a lot of issues with it, and I think... It comes from the fact of he is already slightly controlling. Yeah. Like, he's having this conversation away from uh, her friends. Okay, so she's not amazing friends with those people, but they are her friends. 
he is already saying she's not smart and it's like already quite clear signs of an abusive relationship like he's removing her from other people he's putting her down like he's making her feel less than him yeah and i don't think this is what was meant to happen when she wrote this book i don't think i don't i 100 percent i think this was her intention but it's what's been written it's how it can be read um and i was reading it and it just it reminded me of my old relationship and was just like how like i get like i'm kind of like how does she not notice these things i know i didn't either like you kind of are like oh he's saying this and I remember at the time of saying things when he'd say, like, if I went how he'd say, like, oh, I'm really intelligent about himself. And be like, oh, you don't get it. You're not as smart as me. And there'd always be a little bit of me that'd go, yeah, I'm, aren't I? Yeah. She doesn't have those moments. Because I, I feel like, maybe that was just me. Maybe not everyone gets that. But I just feel like Bella as a person, and she has questioned him a lot in the past. In this particular chapter, she didn't question anything. She didn't have those moments where she was thinking to herself, is that true is that right which she's had previously yeah so just for one minute she just felt it felt like a bit out of character and i hated it and he just continued being really creepy and i i can only justify anything he's saying by hearing his side of things in the in the new book yeah because even like afterwards i don't unless it all comes back at some point and he explains anything to her that entire conversation is so weird and has so many red flags in it like because in the films i'm pretty sure when he spoke to her, he sat with all her friends like that was the first time they all sat together at lunch Mm-mm. no that, he was, that she, conversation they the, that they had they were in the, the queue and she dropped yeah. the apple but it, but it was as, also not as extensive as it's in yeah. the book it, was, it I wasn't think... the weird like pointing and come over here it was she dropped her apple and he was there now that doesn't feel like totally so much like he he yeah that so much doesn't feel like he was cutting her off from her friends. Yeah. Him asking her to come over on her own is cutting her off from her friends. And he spends the next few books, like the whole time of their relationship, it's what he does. He cuts her away from people she cares about. And you can even, like, I know it's... Yeah, the, I, I said the only like way that you can... Yeah, that you can justify it is that he's a vampire. And he tries to protect his family, where he's like, well, we can trust her, but we don't know if we can trust the others. So she needs to come alone, you know, to and, anything. And then once she's been changed, she then, like, can't be friends with her old friends and can't have, like, the other people from her life in her life anymore. And, like, he's... It's not even like he says, oh, over time, you have to spend, like, time away from people because they're not going to understand why you're not ageing. He does make it sound very immediate. Like, she's to say she's going to Alaska... University of Alaska. Yeah. So she's not talking to her mum and her dad straight away, so she doesn't talk to her friends straight away. It's not a solely moving out of people's lives uh, that because naturally you don't stay necessarily friends with everyone from school. Like you very rarely have like a group of friends that you then stay in school and all of you stay in contact afterwards, like all and hang out all the time. You may like talk occasionally, yeah. you might not all get to hang out. So it's very reasonable for her to just talk to people then slowly drop them out of her life that's how we could have explained it but it was just like no we're gonna cut all your friends and family out straight away none of that <laughs> and it starts 
here in this moment in the canteen where he does it with her to say, come and sit with me. And it's it's not okay. It's just all shown as romantic. Yeah. Like, oh, you do these things for the people you love. And as adults reading it, it's different. But young people will read that and that's how people don't necessarily see things when they're in bad relationships when they're like younger and they're probably not I'm not saying like extreme like um abusive relationships just relationships that aren't particularly healthy because I can see how they develop so easily I, I I did the same thing you just get shown things being romantic when they're not and the only way this is justified in the books is because he is a vampire and she is a human I think this scene literally is a prime example of what we've spoken about before of you know accepting in books that this is fiction but then taking their relationship aspects for granted because yeah. it's even you know still if, if you have in your head you know he's a vampire and you know that for this conversation where you say okay some of the things that he says and does make sense like you know having her away from her friends because he can't trust them or he doesn't want to trust them or whatever but you're like in, in that aspect it does make sense even though it's still not great but mm-hmm. then because you said young impressionable minds for whatever reason we still take these things and apply it to real life and be like well it was romantic for Bella and Edward so it might be rom- like so it's going to be for romantic for me and my partner which is just a thing that you don't realize when you're a teenager, which is a thing that you realize now where you're like, okay, in these circumstances, it makes sense. It's still not great, but it makes sense. Yeah. But if you apply it to real life, it's massive red flags. And that's something, you know, when, when I read YA books now, I notice that. Like my perfect example still is I'm <laughs> come back to that so much probably is um, the mortal, uh, the Infernal Devices by Cassandra Clare, um, which I've read. It's like a spin-off series to, like, prequel to Mortal Instruments, um, where there is a character called Will Herondale, and he's kind of also very dramatic. Oh, he's, like, suffering, and he, he, he's a, he has a lot of Edward's traits. Yeah. And I love that guy on the page. But, you know, now you're aware, okay, in these circumstances, with his background, in this fictional world, it makes sense. It's still not great, but it makes sense. But in real life, this is just bad. This is nothing you can base a relationship on. This is not a person that you should trust or have in your life. But that's just something that, yeah, just comes with, you know, I don't know, being older and just having more experience. Yeah, like... You know, you don't even have to have necessarily very bad relationship experience, but it's just something that comes with age that you understand, that you just don't understand as a teenager. Because most of the romans we know as teenagers are out of books. And what books do teenagers read? Fictional ones, usually. (laughs) Yeah, they're normally written aimed at teenagers and everything is like all oh, like these whirlwind romances and everything is like rushed. You don't get a lot of stories where like uh, relationships happen very fast in books yeah. because otherwise I think, I think the reader's not going to be interested. Yeah. But I love a slow burn love story. I do now. Yeah. I didn't as a teenager. Yeah. I was really impatient with that. So yeah, I can, I can understand it, but at the same time, it's just like Bella and Edward fall in love pretty much immediately. They spend very little time together and everything's perfect. And they're in a perfect relationship and it's, it's not, but 
you know that's how it's meant to be so and then it makes you question anything at that time if when you start to get like into like more serious relationships when you're like a little bit older and you take into account the only like other relationships you've seen is like your other friends and the stuff you've read and seen in television yeah and they're all these very like books of very fast romances and you're you'll be like oh why isn't this working out why aren't we in love already honestly kind of embarrassing but when i had my first kiss it literally went through my head as like well are we together now but i'm like but i don't really think i like him like that yeah so, i don't know I, I know that it was it was really confusing to me for a hot minute because in every kind of teen romance book you just you read you know they kiss and they're together and then they get married which yeah you know nine out of ten times it's not how it works in real life or how it works out in real life also a lot of things are like simple things like kisses are like the first kiss is made out to be this huge deal oh yeah like there's fireworks and all the stuff happens and you just know they're the one my thought that i that went through my head when i had my first kiss is like the whole like like lips teeth situation <laughs> just feels weird breathing <laughs> yeah i was like having your eyes open or closed <laughs> but yeah i was like this is weird like the, the lips teeth combo i was like i don't i'm not sure about this <laughs> but like first time you kiss like the person that you're potentially going to like be with like isn't necessarily going to be the most magical thing in the world no it's usually just weird <laughs> and like especially it depends how long you've known each other like if you've been like i remember so i had a friend i'd known a friend I, for a very long time i remember i had i i had a friend like i very got no other friends so there's a friend of mine we've been friends for a very long time um and then we got really close and we're like do we like each other yeah and we kissed and then i was like okay and i don't i wasn't sure how to process it but i was like if that was a book it would have been the moment i've been like we're gonna get married everything's perfect that was the most perfect kiss in the entire world our souls just connected yeah. you know, when i met my fiance we kissed kind of felt bad about it and now we're engaged <laughs> <laughs> you can't judge it you can't these these kisses in books are all lies <laughs> they are ah <laughs> uh, romance in these novels but yeah um i don't think i have much more to say on on any of that conversation apart from it was just very unnerving and I didn't just like reading it creepy like yeah no I don't really think I have any any more to say to that to apart from really weird sense of humor <laughs> I kind of like it <laughs> but I also kind of don't you know the whole like he makes a really weird jokes or he finds really weird stuff funny where like she talks to someone else and it's kind of like a serious relationship uh, relationship it's kind of like a serious conversation and he's just in the background just laughing <laughs> and then also i love how he thought he was hilarious about the whole you know when um 
when Mike tried to get Bella to the nurse and then yeah. Bella just had to sit down and then later um, Edward made a joke of like, I thought Newton was dragging your dead body off to bury it in the woods. <laughs> I just thought that was a very weird joke. <laughs> Yeah, and I but think that's something I would say. Yeah, I like it's something I could get behind. <laughs> but I, when you read those jokes, then with the knowledge of him being a vampire, I thought, well, I bet you're the one who would like to drag her dead body to bury them in the woods and also just suck her dry. That sounds wrong. Title <laughs> <laughs> of your sex tape. <laughs> Her blood, I mean, to just yeah, you know, elaborate yeah. it further. Um, but yeah, I feel that's also kind of like a weird humour that just creeps through in that conversation as well. Because he, he says some really insulting things to her and then he's like... <laughs> a lot of the time uh, when he's laughing about things, it's because he can hear people's thoughts. So he's got like his own like private jokes. <laughs> that makes it even more funnier. Yeah, like... Like, I get it though, because like I have some some things I find funny myself, and I won't say it out loud. Like you know, sometimes you have a thought and you're not going to say it out loud, but, but in your own head, you're like, idea. "That's hilarious." <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, I just love that image. You know, it, we spoke about that last episode as well. When you know he he keeps listening in, in the conversation when the conversations when the guy tried to ask Bella out to that yeah. dance. And he just keeps up, like, showing up in the background, just being like... <laughs> and I just find it hilarious. Like, imagine that random guy just from your, I don't know, from your class just keeps showing up everywhere and just <laughs> laughing at random things. It's like the Sims when they just get randomly excited over, like, a new thing that you bought. And they're just like, yay! <laughs> uh, so I think, and that rounds up this week's episode. We've been talking for ages. We have. It's going to be uh, just, just a reminder to everyone if they could uh, go onto iTunes and just give us a rating and review. Like a good rating, a good review, please. <laughs> Don't just be horrible and leave us like one star and say something nasty. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. We've got one review right now from WordNord. So thank you for that. Some more would be great. It just helps us you know further as a podcast we're also really excited that last time we checked we've had 31 listens to our first episode which is crazy because i didn't think anyone would listen to this at all so i'm really happy and really proud of our little podcast right now yeah we thought we were just going to be on zero listeners for like a month <laughs> so it's yeah. great and we really appreciate it i think the first i think we had like six listeners for a little bit and i was like that's, that's really good. I'm really happy that six people have listened and now it's 31. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> thanks guys. So we'd like to say a special thank you again to Basil for our cover artwork. You can find him on Instagram at FopDoodles. You can find us on Instagram at BreakingDown underscore podcast. Or you can email us at BreakingDown.podcast at gmail.com. Our intro music is by Kevin McLeod and our outro music is by Silentside. And remember guys... It's not the end, it's the beginning. Cut up.
right up until this point, Fran, delete all of this. <laughs>